Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. We're all together, and I, one of my favorite phrases of the week is, are you ready for the Bible? Yeah. Amen. Amen. I heard that online as well. All right, here we go. Mark chapter 8. Verse 25 says this, Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Would you say he saw everything? Clearly. He saw everything clearly. I want to talk to you today about perspective. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we love you today. And we just say today, Lord, that you are the guest of honor. We serve at the pleasure of our King. We honor you. Lord Jesus, we're so humbled by what you have done to us, done for us, that we might be reconciled to God. Lord, today, we want to hear from your word. We want to hear from your heart We want, Lord Jesus, for your word to do its work in us. So, Lord, we come with open hearts and open ears. Thank you for your ability to speak to us. Lord, I ask for the empowerment, the leading of your spirit, God, that your words would have life and revelation in them. And uh, I thank you for the empowerment of your spirit. And I honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want to take a a moment this morning, and I want to address some of the, the hardships that have over the last couple of years that have impacted our perspective. I don't really know anyone who hasn't had some type of, of hardship in position, uh, something that's gone over, on over these last two years. Uh, for some of us, these last two years have been way more impactful than others, but it's definitely impacted all of our lives. And um, when those kinds of circumstances happen, it can uh, impact your perspective and what you see. And we find ourselves, you know, in the world around us, like, it's like coronavirus this and coronavirus that. And, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. And, it, you know, there's the joke that everything is, is coronavirus, right? The snowstorm that we had a month ago, right? It was coronavirus that knocked out my power. Like, we just make stuff up and just kind of throw it all into the same bucket. I had one friend who said recently something that really just kind of stuck out to me. He said, I don't want one more thing to change because of coronavirus. It was like this line in the sand. I don't, I'm tired of it. I don't want anything else to be shifted or moved. And you know, it's not, it's not just that issue. We can, in life and in hardships, you, you face things that you don't necessarily want to face, whether it's at work, whether it has, it's politics, whether it's uh, family challenges. And it, it's really easy to begin to get a negative outlook about the future, Right? So I want to I address that this morning, but I want to do it. I want to address our perspective as believers. And I, I want you to take inventory this morning on your perspective, right? Because really, the only one who can own your perspective is you, right? And that's a blessing that you get to own your perspective, and you want that perspective shaped correctly. And I think we would all agree that God's Word should shape our perspective, 
not circumstances. Can I say that again? Because I want to give you the opportunity to kind of grab a hold of that in your heart. That God's word should shape our perspective, not circumstances. And I'll just give you just like a little tidbit just, just for a moment. You go, okay, well, well but how do I do that? Well, li- listen, I read the end of the book. It's really good if you're following Jesus. That right there is God's word shaping your perspective, right? But see, we don't have to wait for our perspective to be changed until the end, until we're about to see glory, and until we're about to get there. I want to talk about how God's word can shape your perspective now because the reality is we see things in the natural and we can take those things in and allow them to shape our perspective rather than God. And I think if we were to just take a moment and go, what is my pr- the primary shaper of my perspective? I think most of us all know. It might be conversation at work. It could be in my family. It could be news. It could be any number of things. It could be God's word in your life. But what is shaping your perspective? And you know what? It's almost like a gate, like a gate that you hold uh, the, the, the key card to, right? It's like, what is allowed in to actually shape my perspective? One of the things that we can often think about when we're, when we're looking at the natural and all those kind of things, is we can look at the world and go, man, there's a lot of bad stuff in the world. And you know what? There's a lot of bad stuff in the world. But we can lose track and not see some of the things that God is doing in the world. I want to read this, um, this, this blog to you I found that was based on some research. It says, it says this, and it's kind of one of those news things that you don't hear on the 6 o'clock news kind of thing, right? Although less prevalent in popular culture and news when compared to major denominations, Pentecostalism has been shown as the fastest growing religion worldwide, according to a 2005 paper. Pentecostalism is a form of Christianity that emphasizes the importance of the Holy Spirit and the direct experience of God's presence. Doesn't that sound like worship this morning? It holds that faith should be experiential rather than discovered through only rituals uh, and scripture. Members of Pentecostalist churches believe their actions to be driven by the power of God. The underlying belief behind Pentecostalism is that their, their movement is returning Christianity to its simplest form, that which is the most common with the early stages of the Christian church. You know, when I, I read this and I was reading the whole article and it was talking about how uh, Christianity is the, the largest and growing um, faith in, in, in the world, I'm like, well, that, that like makes a lot of sense. Now, this is just another news source. Right? Just like the 6 o'clock news is just a news source, right? But, it, it's, but we don't hear that kind of stuff. Where I go to is I go to God's Word and say, well, what does God wor- God's Word say about His kingdom? And actually, that article that I was just reading from you lines up with God's Word exactly. Because in Isaiah 9, chapter, verse 7, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, It said that unto us a child would be given. And in verse 7, it says, There will be no end to the increase of his government and peace. We don't hear that enough, do we? And the reality is, God in heaven, he is advancing his kingdom and his purposes around the world, whether you see it with your eyeball or not. 
Now, we're very blessed because we have missionary relationships around the world, and we can come back and say, here's what God is doing in Central Asia, and we just got a report this week about what God's doing with Afghan refugees in in Asia right now, and uh, what God is doing in places like like Haiti and the UK and, and places in Africa. And the reality is there's a lot of those stories, and those stories exist around us as well. But what is shaping our perspective, right? And we have to allow Scripture to be the very foundational thing that shapes it. That God is building His kingdom and that His kingdom is advancing. Now, I will tell you that there are believers like you and I who believe in Jesus that also they, the way they read the Bible is that, well, you might as well just batten down the hatches and hold on because it's just going to get really, 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 really bad until He sucks us out. And that is, that, that's an interpretation But there's also an interpretation that says in the last days God would pour out His Spirit on all flesh and that there will be the revival after revival in these last days and that God will be bringing in more people into the kingdom of God because there are more people and opportunity on the planet than ever before. I happen to believe that interpretation of Scripture and by golly, I want to be a part of that. And I want to I participate in it and follow after the things that I see God doing. And when I tie it all the way back to that ancient scripture of the increase of his government and peace. You know, Jesus' government is his kingdom. The increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And I'm like, I want to see that and be a part of that. You know, and we, so we need a way to interpret like these natural events and these things that are going on around us because the reality is everybody wants to tell you what to think, right? They want to tell us how, what to feel and what to do. And as a follower of Jesus, like I want to look to him. I want to look to his word. I want to look to the Holy Spirit to lead me. And the reality is it's only the Lord who has the authority to tell me how to think and how to feel and what to do. Amen. Can I say that again? Yeah. It's only the Lord who has the authority to tell me what to think. In other words, to say, Mike, stop thinking like that and start thinking like this. And it's only the Lord who can tell me how to feel. Mike, I see what you're feeling about that, but let me show you how I feel about it. And why don't you come in line and in tune with the way that I feel about these matters, right? And it's only the Lord who has the authority to tell me what to do. Why? Because I put my hands, my life into his hands and have said, God, you have the authority to lead and to guide me. I love that way of living. But to live that way, we have to know his word. To live that way, we need to know his heart and what he is saying and allow him to shape our perspective. And if you will, we have to allow that new source in our life to be greater than the other sources in our life. And I'm not going to preach to you today that you need to disconnect from everything that's natural around you. Not at all. But as what was it Paul Harvey used to say, God has the rest of the story. Amen? There's more perspective than what you see in the natural. 2 Kings chapter 6 is this really amazing scripture. The king of Aram has come to war against Israel. And every time he positions his troops somewhere, God tells the prophet Elijah where they are. You see, the prophet was seeing something that other people didn't see. Did you catch that? 
right? And so the, the prophet Elijah would go to the king of Israel and say, hey, don't put anybody here or there and such because there are people there. And the king of Aram starts wringing his hands like, why is it that I'm not having any success against these people? Can I tell you that you are safer than you know from the enemy? There is a God who loves you and who is out to protect you. And when we're listening to him, it's not that no bad things are ever going to happen to you. It rains on the just and the unjust. And we live in a broken world. But by golly, I think God's looking out for us more than we probably even know. So God's looking out for his people. And he's telling the prophet, hey, tell them where they are. And the king of Aram is just frustrated. He goes to his staff, basically. And he says, all right, which one of you is the snitch? Which one of you is telling what's going on here? And they're like, hey, it's not us. It's the prophet Elijah. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Then this enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Tell me, which one of you is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord the king, said one of his officials. But Elijah, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Yikes. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men to capture him. Then then the report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force. This is after one guy. They went by night and surrounded the city. Isn't it interesting that the prophet Elijah kept getting these words that were positioning the armies, and yet he gets surrounded by an army. I wonder if you, uh, you, you could get frustrated. Like, God, I serve people and I help people. Why, can't, why do I have to have, have my back up against the wall? Well, there's the rest of the story, right? When the servant of the man of God, so Elisha's servant, he, come, he went up early next morning and the army with the horses and the chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, this is what he says to Elijah. What shall we do, the servant asked. Um, some of us can feel like this this often, right? Like, like life has surrounded you, right? Like the opposition is all around you. Like no matter where you look, it feels like there are things that are against you and, and, and like you're surrounded. If it's not one thing, it's another, right? It's just one more impact of coronavirus. It's just one more decision in the political world that I don't like on this side or on that side, right? It's just one more conflict in my family or in my work. If it's not one thing, it's another. And our perspective gets shaped by just like what the, the servant of Elijah saw. We're surrounded. We're surrounded. I'm with the prophet, and here we are. We're all surrounded. Elijah says in verse 16, he says, Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah opened his eyes. Would you say that with me this morning? Opened his eyes. Opened his eyes. He opened his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. As the enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed, Lord, strike the enemy with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. Man, may the Lord open our eyes. What happens is he opens his eyes 
the servant's eyes. And the servant has this revelation of this basically angelic army all around them. And like that there are more who are for us that you don't see in the natural than are against us. Do you know that it says that Jesus could have called a legion of angels to come and get him off that cross? It looks like the most dark and dreary day, and it's a dreadful day when Jesus dies on the cross. It's a terrible day because he's bearing our sin and he is suffering and all, and all the things that he's going through. And the enemy thinks he's winning. The enemy thinks he's got it. He, the enemy thinks he's overcome. And yet, actually, the enemy is nailing his own coffin because Jesus is paying for your sin and for my sin. You see, there's a perspective from heaven that is often different than the perspective that we hear, that we see on earth. And to get heaven's perspective, we have to look to heaven for that perspective. And we need to hear what the voice of the Holy Spirit is saying more over and above the five o'clock news. We need to hear God's word and let God's word be like the best paper, the best blog, the best news source we receive in the week. We need, we need heaven's eternal perspective, not just our present circumstances. And how do you do that? Well, you do that by saying, God, here's what I see in the natural. God can take it. He's good. He knows what you see. He knows what's around you. He's not, he's not fooled by it. And then what you'd begin to say is, God, open my eyes to see what you see. Because things look pretty bad. Things look pretty dark. Things look pretty frustrating. And I need your perspective. The reality is the things in the natural oftentimes will shape our theology about God. Rather than the Word of God shaping what we believe about God. And what we need is we need some heavenly perspective. Am I talking to the right folks today? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like the thing is, is like you can't do this passively. You can't just say, okay, well, I'll keep that in mind you know, during the week. No, no, no. You have to actively pursue the perspective of God. And here's what's great. He's not trying to withhold it from you. He's not playing secrets. However, these things are discerned by God's Holy Spirit. These things are discerned by Him, by knowing His Word and by time and prayer and by asking God, God, I see this situation and it looks really dire. I need you to speak to me about what I'm seeing. I need to see what you see. Amen? There's a story in Mark chapter 8 where there's a blind man um, who needs his eyes opened. And I want to use this scripture, if you will, for us today. We're going to take the, if you will, we're just going to take this humble position that sometimes we're not seeing things the way that we need to see them. Amen? And we're going to, we're going to look at the scripture where he says, God, help me, I want to see. Mark 8.22 says this, They came to Bethesda, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside of the village. And he spit on the man's eyes and he put his hands on him. And Jesus said, do you see anything? He looked up and he said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once again, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored. And he saw everything 
clearly. Jesus sent him home and he said, don't even go in to the village. And let's, let's ask God to open up our eyes. Let's ask him to help us see everything clearly. One of the things that is so surprising about the scripture is the progressiveness of his healing. I mean, it's Jesus, y'all. Right? Like, it's Jesus praying over this man's eyes and he gets this partial healing. Well, I can see better than I did. And Jesus said, let's keep on going and praise a second time. I think that's for us. I think just like our, our perspective is progressively shaped by the world around us, we need to progressively have God shape the way that we see the world around us and say, God, just keep showing me and keep showing me. You know, the gift of prayer, the gift of intercession, the gift of time in God's, uh, in God's presence. There are times when you've come in on a Sunday morning and you had one perspective on uh, about yourself and life, and you read this, the, the, or you, you read this song, and you sing this song. You say, "I am." I, I say that I, I'm this, and you say, "I'm that." I probably should know the lyrics of the song, but I'm not even going to try. Um, but you're with me. Um, but like, give me God your perspective. God changes our perspective, and aren't you thankful? But we need to actively say, "God, I need your perspective because I don't think I'm seeing everything. I don't think I'm perceiving everything." Fascinating to me about this scripture, first of all, is the progressiveness of the healing. That's interesting. It's Jesus, y'all. Let me pray for you again. Which means I think we need to pray and pray and pray and pray again, right? What's also interesting to me is most of the time when Jesus does a miracle, like he does not change locations. Most of the time when he's doing a miracle, he's like, let's do this here. Let's, Let's go. Let's throw down. But in this scripture, it says he led him outside of the village. There's there's something about this man's pattern, his familiarity, his relationship to the village, that Jesus saw it fit to remove him from his regular pattern and place. And the reason I, I wouldn't read that into the scripture if it wasn't for this. Then when he receives his healing, Jesus says, don't go back to the village, go home. It's almost like a pick up your mat and walk kind of moment, right? It's like this, hey, hey, your, 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 your blindness is so identified in that village. Your, you know, your, your, your perspective is so shaped in that place that I need you to get out of that place and with me alone so that I can be the one to shape your perspective. And so I do think that God will lead us to change some patterns even in how our perspective is changed. I don't think it's right to disconnect yourself from the natural and to not be aware of what's going on at all. I think, you know, God gave us eyeballs and and fingers and toes and all of that, and I think he wants us to use them. But you see, there's a rest of the story. There is a realm in the spirit. There is what God is doing in eternity. And you know what? Uh, Billions of people have missed what God was doing in those realms, but he invites us in by his word and by his spirit to know those things. Not in a spooky way, not in a weird way, way, but just like Jesus revealed himself to you as Lord and King, he can touch your perspective about what's going on in the world around us. And I want to tell y'all that God is not a loser. That sounds really obvious, right? But you're not on a losing team. 
be like rolling up in the Super Bowl today and going, we got this. Go Steelers. <laughs> You're welcome. But you see, we've read the end of the book and I'm not concerned about how it ends. I'm not concerned about how this life ends. I'm not concerned about those things because I really believe those promises in my spirit and in my heart that He is coming back and He's coming back for a glorious church and that his, the, the increase of His government and peace shall know no end. And rather than read a different news uh, service and believe something else about God and His kingdom, I'd like to subscribe to His word and subscribe to what He's saying and saying, God, yes, how can I be of help? How can I be of service? I yield myself to you and to your perspective. But we got to keep coming back to Jesus and keep coming back to him and keep saying, God, shape my perspective. I'm not encouraging you to make anything up. I'm not encouraging you to make up your own good news or your own. What I'm encouraging you to do is get a revelation from heaven and a revelation that agrees with God's word about what he is doing. Because you might be in the darkest place at work and God may be more excited about it than you ever have been. Because you look at it as, why do I have to be in this dark place? And God is saying, because I want your light to shine. I sent you there. This isn't a sentence. This is a sending. And you're there to make a difference. And it takes a perspective change to cooperate and be part of what God is doing. The reality is, God's going to get His mission done. His kingdom is going to come on earth as it is in heaven. And he, we're, we're going to be with Him forever, and it's really, really good. But I want my perspective to be shaped by Him. Well, if you stand with me this morning, we're going to close with this, this worship song. It talks about being surrounded. It's a, it's a song that's the revelation of this very... Scripture in 2 Kings. And as we sing it today and as we worship to it today, I just want to ask you, as you to sing it in a, in a realm of faith that say, you may say that I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And it goes on, it goes, this is how I fight my battles. How do I fight my battles? In an atmosphere of worship, in an atmosphere of the presence of God, in an atmosphere that values the Word of God and allows God's Word and perspective to shape mine. And maybe today, you've got a perspective that you've got to lay down. I just want to encourage you today during this song, would you just lay that down and let God be the one who replaces your perspective. Don't make stuff up. God is good at speaking to us. He's good at revealing himself to us. But sometimes we need permission to say, I'm not going to look at it this way anymore. And that conversation goes, God, I see this. Now you show me what you see. And you cooperate with that. Amen? Let's worship together. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. 